You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. Last week, Missouri Governor Mike Parson spoke in front of the General Assembly in Jefferson City for his annual State of the State Address. During his speech, he laid out a litany of spending proposals that focus on education, infrastructure projects, expanding broadband access, and more. His plan, to the surprise of some, received widespread applause from both sides of the aisle. Joining us on a talk about it is Governor Mike Parson. Governor, it's always an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for taking some time. Hey, good morning, Steve. Always great to be on the show. I hope you're doing okay. I'm doing well, thank you. And, you know, the big question of the morning, Governor, Chiefs-Bengals Sunday at Arrowhead. You're a huge Chiefs fan, and a lot of folks may not realize that. How do you see it? I, You know, it's going to be a game. I mean, you know, anytime they come to town, we've always had a tough time with them, but... Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, as you see, even with what happened to Patrick, uh, you know, people's got to step up. They will. And, and I firmly believe whatever the outcome of his injury is going to be, Chiefs know uh, Andy Reid's a professional coach. He'll have them players ready to go. And I think two big factors for the game that, that that's going to be the turning point of the game. Can you get pressure on Borrell? Can you get, can you get enough pressure on him? And can the special teams do their part? But special teams got to play pretty flawlessly, and you've got to have some pressure on him. If they do those two things, uh, we're going to be we'll be in good shape. We're, we're going to have every uh, we should have a, be able to take home a win on that. You know, Governor, you lose to a team once, maybe not a huge deal. Lose to them twice, people people's eyebrows go up. Lose to them three times, and some commentators might think, you know, the other team is just better. You know what? You, you know, you see that in the NFL a lot of time. I can, I can tell you, I've been a Chiefs fan forever, but I can go back to the days when we you know we was playing Tennessee, and it seemed like Tennessee always had our number you know, mm-hmm. uh, for, for a while. But, look, the Chiefs are just a good all-around team. I mean, the record proves that, and, the, and they've played the top teams. you got to remember, too, they played the top teams in the NFL this year, and, and here they stand with Cincinnati. But uh, I do believe the Chiefs is a better team than Cincinnati. All around, uh, I believe Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, again, depends where he's at in his game. But, look, we got a running game now. We didn't have last time we played them. We got a secondary uh, with some young players out there that can stay with any NFL team, any top receivers, and they'll have a plan for that. I, you know what? Bring them on. Hmm. You know, Governor, you sound like a professional sports commentator. You got a career in this once you retire from the governor's office. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that, <laughs> but uh, I've been a Chiefs fan a long time. I can tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, but right now, you know, look. Five AFC Championship games in a row. Yeah, it's pretty pretty uh, remarkable. I mean, yeah, just incredible. Andy Reid, his, his era. I mean, and, and we're still young, uh, right. so so I'm always excited about it, and it's great for our state. I mean, you know, 
I, I go to these conferences with other governors and everything. I mean, I can talk smack all day long uh, <laughs> against these other teams, you know, especially West Coast teams. I really get after that. <laughs> well, Governor, I gather you'll be in the stands on Sunday. Uh, you know, I'm going to sure try to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing yeah. a lot of it. Well, at your State of the State address last week, you laid out a plan for, you know, a robust government spending program using some of those billions of dollars in surplus uh, money that the state government has in the bank right now. What's the first thing on the agenda for you? What's your first priority as you look ahead? You know, I I think two things, Steve, that really probably stands out to me on it. The infrastructure piece is something that's been a priority for a long time, I-70, really getting to really take a serious look at that to be able to finally do something was a, was a big part of that. The other one probably is daycare, uh, trying mm-hmm. to find out how we keep more people in the workforce and how we provide those services, uh, and not only for just people working days. Uh, you know, there's a big part of the population anymore who works swing shifts, midnight shifts, and trying to find resources for them. It's just a huge problem. Uh, and we got to better, do a better job of getting people the, the daycare they need and for their families and everything so we keep them in the workforce. Because I, I don't want them to have to make the decision, do I go to work or do I need, have to stay home with my child? Hmm. You know, I want to have that service where they can go. So I think those two things are, are definitely two big things in there that I, I feel like will, will really move the needle in our state. You know, Governor, a lot of folks listening might be surprised that state government and you, as governor of Missouri, is concerned about daycare, about child care. Why is that a priority for state government? Well, I, I think if you go back to pre-COVID, uh, Steve, when you go through there, there was 50 percent of the people in the state of Missouri had a lack of daycare. 50 percent of the population did. So, so that's a huge number that we, we had to do a little better job. When COVID hit, and now that we've kind of we're out of that, you know, 30% of those people are not in existence today. Those businesses are not there. So it really, can, you know, it just created a huge shortage of daycare. The plan we have, it's not about state government going out here providing this and doing it. It's about trying to team up with the private sector uh, to be able to offer daycare for employees and stuff and how we can partner with them. It's not just about us going out there and starting to put up more daycare facilities uh, and run by the state. We really want to get the private sector involved in that, so we want to try to help them uh, to be able to do that where they can offer in different communities, whether you live in a town of 10,000 or whether you live in Kansas City or small towns where they can combine business together to start daycare. I'm wondering, as you look at the budget and the state just uh, broadly here, how fortunate you are as governor, how fortunate we all are as Missourians to have a $6 billion budget surplus at at our behest right now. We've never seen that before. That's creating all kinds of opportunities for you and for the General Assembly right now. Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. But, you know, Steve, one of the things that I think is always important is to make sure you separate the ARPA money, quote, that federal money, that tranche that come down, and really look and see what is your state doing and what is the sustainability long term. So where are we going to be five years from now, ten years, even after I'm gone? So every day here, that's the kind of way we view things. So we may, sounds good when you say you're sitting on $5 billion, $6 billion, uh, but at the end of the road, you got to figure out where does this thing look four or five years from now because you can't, you know, we've, we've been on a roll, man. I mean, we got 17% increases last fall. We was 15%. We're not going to continue to have those kind of numbers. I hope we do, mm-hmm. but the reality of it is that's probably not always going to happen.
You know, between public K through 12 schools and universities, you're hoping to put uh, more than a billion dollars into education next year. What's your thinking behind that? Well, I, I think that's the future for anybody, and I, I and I will tell you that starts with a kid. I mean, you know, we're going to spend a lot of money, early money, in uh, childhood, uh, pre-kindergarten. I mean, we're going to be doing a lot of that's in there. But look, we've got to make sure a kid gets an education. If you if you really want to change society as a whole, whether it's crime, whether it's health care, all the issues that we face every day out here. We got to get a kid education. You got to get an opportunity to get in the workforce. And I and I'll be honest with you. I don't care whether that's public, private, faith-based, charter, you name it. As long as a kid can get an education and get them prepared for the workforce, that's how you really make things better. So to me, there's a big emphasis on that. But there's also the accountability side of it. It's just not about you know you got to make sure these kids are learning something when they're in school that they are being prepared for the job market of tomorrow when they're in high school. And I mean all the way from freshmen, sophomore, junior, and seniors. And understand that not everybody's going to go to college. The vast majority of people in this state don't have college degrees, and that is part of our workforce. So we've got to prepare kids to know what's really out there, what are really good jobs, what pay well, and how do we move forward in life. So that, that, that's a big deal to me. Uh, and then just make sure we hold them accountable, make sure they're teaching those things. You know, what surprised a lot of uh, longtime Capitol observers uh, during your speech last week, Governor, was the extent to which go- uh, Democrats were on their feet applauding your different initiatives. Uh, you don't see that level of bipartisan support all that often in the state Capitol. What do you think's behind that? You know, I, I think, Steve, ever since I come here, maybe, maybe because the gray hair and the years of experience and being around this place for a long time. But what I do know there is many. There is is much more things we agree on than we ever disagree on. Now, don't get me wrong. There's the political hot button issues that we right. all go through, but transportation is not one of those. Getting a child in education is not one of those. Providing daycare is not political issues. And really, what I tried to focus on is what really moves the state of Missouri forward for our our kids, our grandkids, and how do you really go about doing that? You know. I, I, you look at Washington, D.C., and see how divided it is and how partisan everything is. You know, and you can't even agree on the simplest things anymore. That's not what government was ever set up to do. It, you were supposed to be able to sit down, figure out what is best for the people of the state, and how do you work something together at the table on both sides of the aisle. And things that you don't agree with, just don't even get out of there. You don't need to talk about it. You know, there's going to have people going to have a different opinion on abortion, a different opinion on the Second Amendment. And so we're always we're just going to disagree on those issues. But there's lots of issues we can agree on. So, you know, that's kind of the way I've tried to focus it. And that's the way I've tried to focus the state of state. Missouri Governor Mike Parson is my guest. Uh, many Democrats, as I just said, in the legislature are, are actually a fan of your budget plan. Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo from Independence in the Kansas City area endorsed your plan. Here's a quick clip of him talking about that. Let's listen. The governor's proposals are where Missourians are at. I mean, period. They, they want to know how they're going to get to work. They want to make a decent wage. They, we want to attract business to the state of Missouri. We want to grow business in the economy. We want to make sure that a single mom has the ability to have a good life without having to worry about making ends meet. And I think the governor gets that. I hope the legislature will follow his lead. 
You know, Governor, Representative Rizzo also pointed out that it's something of a curse for a Republican governor when Democrats say nice things about him. Is there some truth to that? Are you getting uh, jostled a bit from your fellow Republicans? Well, I don't know about that. I guess I haven't thought about that, Rach. I just, you know, <laughs> I, I think in this arena sometimes it's uh, maybe it's a little fresh air for just be who you are and, and don't try to be anybody different. And I've always tried to be pretty honest with people and straightforward if, when I agreed on things, when I didn't agree on things. And, you know, I, I think you control the things you can control, the things you can't, you can't. But uh, John's a good guy. Uh, I, I've always been able to work with him. And, and again, we don't agree on everything. But uh, at the end of the day, just the topics he talked about. You know, that's what people really want government to do. I, I, I really do believe people want to, you know, feel like government's working for them. And when you look at infrastructure, daycare, education, health care, you know, safety, I mean, those are what everyday people face every day out there. Uh, and, I, and I think it's important to stay on those messages. We'll be right back. Let's go back to your proposal to widen I-70, at least in some parts of the state, in the big cities. This has been talked about for quite a long time, and it sure sounds like you're aiming to do something about it. What's your thinking on why this is a priority now to get this done? Yeah, well, well, let me kind of a little bit back up what you just said. When I first came in office, the Buck O'Neill Bridge was the, one of the biggest issues in right. Kansas City. And I said I would help, and I would get that across the finish line. Roadsport Bridge in Columbia. We set out those projects. These are not things that I, I, and I'm not saying this to boast, but when we set our mind to try to get stuff done, it's not about just saying it. It's about how do I get it completed and how do I do it. The plan we set forward in the state of Missouri, we just took the high-volume areas, Kansas City, Columbia, St. Louis, you know, to be able to get to them are, are, the, are some of the largest expenses for, for the smaller areas that's most difficult to do. We know if you do those three hubs, if we put those three in place, it's a matter of just connecting the dots. And whoever the next governor is going to be, whatever the future holds, they're going to finish that. So once we get that part started, those are the reason we did those things. And right now, I believe we can afford to do that. Now, there's a lot more to that plan because we do, we, you know, Sam Graves being now the transportation chair the congressman uh, from northern gonna, missouri right mm-hmm. yeah that's going to open up the door probably some more funding so we maybe can leverage some of that money uh to be able to get some more federal money and some other issues but the point of it is this is a major investment in i-70 that will get it done uh there's no question about it i'm probably not going to see that while i'm here but i'm telling you the foundation and the groundwork will be there to finish I-70. Governor, are you suggesting that by doing the major cities, widening the highway in those towns, Kansas City, Columbia, St. Louis, is that a precursor to getting the entire length of I-70 widened in Missouri? Most certainly. Most most certainly. That's the game plan. That's the way we view this thing. But, you know, keep in mind, this is the first time that we are also using general revenue totally. Mm-hmm. So that's a little different way we've approached it. So, again, when I got, I got to be able to look four and five years out to see, you know, I'd love to go in there and just say, hey, we're just going to put everything in there and we're going to be able to do it. But that becomes very risky for the future. And it's just, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And, and nor do I think we have the resources to do it as much as it may sound like we do. 
we got a lot of the programs out there we got to be able to sustain, too, for the next four or five years. You know, the Kansas City Star had an interesting story last week that pointed out that expanding highways often doesn't always solve congestion problems because it actually winds up encouraging more driving. At least this is what experts told the newspaper. Is that a concern to you, Governor? No, I, I, I'm look, the more lanes you have, the safer it is, you know, than what it is now. And, you know, the, the really the good thing is uh, I'm glad there's more traffic. That means your state's doing well. Businesses are doing well. People are coming here and we'll be having an opportunity to make more uh, safety improvements around this state. So I don't think having more lanes, I think you make it more safer. I, I think it's much more convenient for people. It's safety wise. Uh, we know right now it's, it's, it's not good when you get out there and drive down I-70. Let's go to Rick from Independence. Rick, you're on with the governor. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Governor. I commend your interest in helping education. What I haven't heard, what I'd like to know is, considering that Missouri ranks in the lowest five states in the country with a shameful pay for our teachers, can you possibly pay our teachers a decent wage? What are plans? I mean, I, I think if you've seen, well, Go ahead, Governor. Oh, yeah. I think if you look and see what we've done, we probably put more into education in the, since I've been governor than, we, than any other governor has, you know, the way we're funding things. You know, fully funded transportation frees up a lot of money for them. Move, last year, we moved the teacher baseline pay from 25000 to 38000 you know, which made a huge difference. We put more money in the career ladder last year, which I think give uh, thousands of teachers uh, a higher increase in, in wages. But... So I think we are headed in the right step there, and we're going to do more of that this year. Uh, but I will tell you what I've told the school districts, what, what, what I've told the universities, community colleges. Look, the days of state government just writing a check and saying, here you go, in this administration, it's not going to be that way. You, you're going to have to partner, too. You, you guys are going to have I mean, I to ask the schools and says, hey, you've got to make your priorities. If teachers is your priority, then make them the priority, and I'll help with that. But if you're just going to expect me to write a check to cover that, that's just not going to happen. But but I truly believe, to answer your question, Rick, we, we are, we're moving in that right direction, trying to get our teachers paid more. And you're exactly right. They need to be paid more, and we shouldn't be at the bottom end of the totem pole. So in other words, what you're saying, Governor, is that if the state of Missouri is going to fork over more money for teacher pay, it has to match something from what the local districts are willing to do? Sure, sure. Make adjustments in it. You know, uh, Steve, when we fully funded transportation, that cost the state like $243 million, I think, something like that. But that freed up a lot of money for schools that were paying for transportation. So, you know, if I had my crystal ball, I'd probably just say, hey, take that money. We just saved you and pay your teachers more money. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that's not my job to do that. But what I'm saying, as long as we keep freeing up money for a career ladder for, for those other teachers, you know, utilize that money to do it uh, yeah. again. You know, Governor, what yeah. is it about the state of Missouri when you have uh, teachers being paid, as you said, $25,000 just a couple of years ago? We have this history in, in uh, our state of not paying our educators more when everyone, every politician in the world talks about how important that is. Why has that idea of paying teachers more, why has that languished as much as it has? You know, you know I, I don't know. I, I think... I think nobody's just made it a priority, Steve, to be right honest about it. I mean, you could make the case, why is a Republican governor, quote, you know, 
how come he's out there doing all this stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, where, where that's normally probably one of the issues on the other side. But the problem is, it's just the reality of it. We we ought to fix it. I mean, look, you you pay somebody twenty four thousand a year, twenty five thousand a year. You know, you're talking about twelve dollars an hour is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the reality, and this is what you want to pay somebody to educate our children, to take care of our children, and all the aspects they have to do today. So uh, I, I just think we need to do things differently. One, we definitely need to pay more. Again, I think you need to do some reforms in the education system, uh, who's getting paid what, what's the high end look like compared to the low end uh, in the education arena, and how do you manage that? Bill from Waldo has written us on Twitter, Governor. He wants to know if the state of Missouri will play a role in covering the cost of the World Cup that will be hosted here in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I think we, we, I'm sure there will be a role that we'll play in that, along with the NFL draft. I mean, those major events, uh, normally we're going to be looking at ways that we, we can help with that. Uh, again, those are big revenue streams. You know, those are major, major events for our state, and that World Cup, Getting the site in Kansas City amongst all the other cities in the United States is huge. So I think we want to do what we can to help that and, uh, you know, make sure, again, that the state's going to benefit from it. And I believe there's a way to do that. You said during your State of the State address that you want to vastly increase broadband Internet accessibility across the state of Missouri. The long-term goal is to make broadband access as widespread as electricity. What's your game plan on that front? Yeah, we just got to build the infrastructure for that, Steve. I mean, I mean, and and we sometimes we look at this as a rule uh, issue, and and definitely rule does have its area in that. But you can go to suburban areas of St. Louis of Kansas City, and they got the same problems. Huh. Uh, we just got to do a better job of that. And and I think really going through the pandemic, uh, when we we were tempted to do, uh, you know, online. We just wasn't we wasn't ready for that. We we don't have the ability to do that in this state. To be right honest about it, and you know, last year you put seventy thousand people on uh, the network. So I mean, everybody in the state of Missouri at some point should be able to get on the internet, just like you turn the light switch on to your house. And, and that's my end game to that. Uh, but we got to build the infrastructure to get there. You got to put the put the fiber in, the cables in. And uh, but it's more it's not as much a cost issue. It's just a matter of getting it done. Hmm. Leslie Scott uh, also wrote us on Twitter at KCUR up to date. And she writes, will any of the broadband money go toward helping people actually pay for their Internet or digital skills uh, to make up for that money you had previously requested that the General Assembly zeroed out last year? Uh, I'm not for sure. I don't know that. I'm not sure exactly what she's talking about there, but uh, as far as helping pay for money, like pay for the bill or anything, right. probably probably not. If that if that's what she's referring to, I, I don't think you'll see that. I think it's a matter of just getting the service. The priority would be getting the service to people uh, underground and be able to connect to the homes and the businesses and the farms uh, will be the priority. I, I think the other thing that's huge in that arena also is, is the telemedicine. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to see that grow more. Uh, for healthcare services uh, across the state where we get more and more capability to do that. You know, a lot of pe- people, a lot of our listeners may not realize that some parts of the state, as you just mentioned, are still lacking broadband service. I mean, in this day and age, that's almost hard to believe. Well, I'll tell you one thing I learned when I first became governor that I didn't know, and I'd been up here a long time. There was about, I think, seven seven schools here in the state of Missouri that didn't have broadband. 
Wow. Can you imagine having an education institution today and you don't even have access to that? Yeah. Uh, and I just thought to myself, uh, we, we got to fix this problem. And, you know, when you're going to compete anymore from on a private business, uh, whether it's remote, whether you own a business, whether you're in agriculture, just like me on the farm, you know, anymore, your business is going to be conducted online. You're looking for parts. You're looking for supplies. That's the first place you're going to go to see what's there or troubleshooting. So I, it doesn't matter what, what kind of line of work you're in or what business you're in. It's just essential in today's world that you have the ability uh, to be online. You know, Governor, the other thing that really struck me and it struck a lot of people in listening to your speech is the extent to which you avoided hot button political issues that you just referred to a few minutes ago. Uh, Nothing about abortion, nothing about critical race theory during your speech. Uh, What was your thinking behind that? Is it is it just time to turn the page in the state on those issues or, or what's your thinking there? Yeah, you, you know, look, see, I, again, I'm, I'm going to speak on the behalf. I'll, I'll be careful to try to keep my governor's comments and my personal comments separate here a little bit. But, but you know, let's just take the abortion issue. The reality of it is the vast majority of people that are one way or the other, pro or, or, or not, you know, that's pretty well where you're going to be. I mean, I don't know that you change a lot of minds on either side. It's very emotional. It's very controversial to a lot of different people, and people just believe that and their issue strongly and i just don't know that you're going to change much of what you normally have right now in missouri uh the way the vast majority of people feel here so whether we always like the outcome of that or not it's i don't know that you're going to move the needle talking about that for an entire session and you don't get all these other things done i'm not sure what the end game would be for for, on either side Governor Mike Parson is my guest. I want to ask you about a couple of other issues, Governor. You're hoping to spend $50 million in school safety grants. I'm wondering what kinds of things would that money go towards? And again, so many parents concerned about the safety of their kids when they go out the door in the morning and walk over to the schoolhouse. What is a school safety grant? Yeah, well, I think one point you just made, Steve, is another point that I think people need to understand, too. It's just not your children. People want to leave their home in the morning and feel like they're safe when they go mm-hmm. to work, when they go to the store, all over the state of Missouri. And I don't care whether you're downtowns or rural areas. People, people want to feel safe. What happened in St. Louis in, in that region was just a terrible tragedy, as we all know. But for the reaction that happened to a deranged, you know, uh, person, deranged person, you know, it happened the way the response happened the way it should. Law enforcement got there as soon as they possibly could. The school took reactions, you know, that they done, they implemented, were the right things to do, and literally saved lives by, by doing it. And I think that model and making sure that building was secure uh, as much as you possibly can secure it is the model that we need to go out and make sure the rest of these schools, if that should happen, and we all hope and pray it never does. But if it does, that the, you know, everybody knows exactly what to do, and that time comes exactly where those kids are supposed to go, how they're supposed to be surrounded, how they're supposed to be locked down, what the security officers are supposed to be that are there, and where your entry points are. You know, I mean, it's just, and that's kind of the old law enforcement in me, but you've got to analyze every window, every door, where you think those entry points might be, and always expect the unexpected. Well, clearly you want to beef up school security with that $50 million in school safety grants. Uh, Any sense of what that money would actually do for a typical school? 
Yeah, I, you know what? I, I think they're in the process of trying to probably get the guidelines on mm, that mm-hmm. and to be able to use You know, some schools already have a pretty good system. Right. So right. they may be able to use the funding for security officers or whatever it might be. Uh, again, I think it's going to go through the process of everybody evaluating and learning from the good and the bad of a situation. You, you always want to be thankful everybody did the best they could, but still people lost their lives. So there's got to be a way we can do it better. And what are the ways you can do it better? You also have a plan to improve Missouri's maternal mortality rate, Governor. What kind of funding uh, and what kind of funding would that receive? What do you want to do there? Yeah, look, look, our statistic, and that's terrible. You know, we saw about teachers a while ago, and I mean, it's about the same kind of number. We're like 44th, 45th in the United States on that. You know, 75% of those deaths could be preventable. And, you know, as a grandparent, I sit here and I, and I, see those kind of numbers and I think how precious life is for everybody. And you know, when all it takes is just one visit, one stop, one part of care gets in there, we can turn the needle on that. We just got to do a better job of figuring out what that is. I mean, that's nothing new to our state and sad. I mean, it really is that we haven't done a better job of uh, trying to figure out exactly what that situation is going to be like. You know, Governor, you mentioned uh, pay for teachers. You mentioned the maternal mortality rate, Missouri ranking so so poorly in those national rankings. You know, Missouri has long ranked at 45th, 48th, 49th, and a whole series of different metrics for funding of, of different programs. Is it time for Missouri to, again, round the corner and go in a different direction and improve those numbers and improve the overall quality of life for so many Missourians? Well, I don't think there's any question about that, Steve, and I think that's exactly what we're doing. When we moved the baseline teacher's pay from 25000 to 38000 that took you in those 40 brackets, the high 40s, uh, right down below the 30 mark. So you get a little bit in the middle of the pack. But, but again, you have to have a plan in place, and how can you execute it, and how can you sustain it? You know, just to go out there and say, okay, one time I'm going to do this, we never think in those terms. We're trying to figure out how do we do we make these things better. And I think when you look at some of the positive sides of it, when you look like we're now third in the United States for apprenticeship programs, we're first in the United States for the cost of doing business, you know, we're fourth in the United States for manufacturing, seventh in the United States for automobile and aerospace industry. You know, we're headed in the right direction. We just got to keep going and putting the priorities in workforce development infrastructure. Those two key things, Steve, everything feeds off of those two things. But you got to get those two things right. That's got to be your foundation. That's Missouri Governor Mike Parson. Governor, I sure appreciate you taking some time with us uh, today and running down your priorities, and uh, it's always much appreciated. Oh, thank you, Steve. You just guys get your A game on up there. Uh, I want everybody to be cheering for those Chiefs before the weekends. Uh, well, I hope so. And if you come when you go to the game, do you get a chance to relax and actually watch it and enjoy it, or are people just coming up to you every thirty seconds trying to bugging you? I, you know, I got to tell you a true story on this. When, when I first became governor, I kept my old seats. I actually still <laughs> sat on the third deck uh, on the first row. And my security detail and everybody said when I first came, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I have been there now for four years, and Chiefs fans are just the best. I put on my sunglasses, my chief cap. Nobody gives a hoot whether I'm the governor or not. We want to watch Chiefs football. There you go. Governor, thanks again. Sure appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. 
Our theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. The program is produced by Danny Alexander, Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, and Reginald David. Our engineer is Paul Nakatura. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening. <laughs>